Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Western Pennsylvania Game Changers podcast, where we talk about charities that are doing great things in Western Pennsylvania and beyond, and how we as volunteers can help them. I'm Chris Hoke, two-time Super Bowl champion for your Pittsburgh Steelers. With me are my co-hosts, Lisa Mitchell and Tim Campbell, and it is great to be back with you both again. How are you both doing? Great. How are you? Good. Good. Tim, how are we doing, Tim? I know it's been a busy month. How are you doing? Good. Not only good, but very good. Good. And I know I'm excited. We have a bunch of your friends. You're one of the fab six that we're going to talk about tonight. But um, we are excited to uh, for this for this podcast this evening. And during this episode, we're going to talk about these volunteers and what they've been doing over the last month or so. You can learn more about this opportunity and other opportunities as you go to either JustServe website or the JustServe app. The website is www.justserve.org. The app is available for free from Apple's App Store or Google Play. JustServe is a free service provided by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My co-hosts and I are members of that church, but anyone can use JustServe. As our regular listeners know, we also have a Facebook page. You can find it by searching, now write this down, it's long, Western Pennsylvania Game Changers with Chris Hoke. And that's on Facebook. You can see pictures taken at recording sessions. You can see Lisa in great form. And you can receive updates about new episodes that are being released. So please, please, please go on to our webpage on Facebook and hit like, hit share, and you will be reminded every time we post a new episode. But like I teased you before, tonight we are excited about who we have joining us. We have a group of wonderful men and women who have done outstanding and life-saving things over the last month. As we know, we are living in a global pandemic. And over the last year, in lightning speed, we have been able, the, the country has produced a vaccine for COVID-19. And as we know, right now we're in the process of distributing that vaccine and getting it out to the American people. And at times it's challenging. It's, time, it's challenging to organize that. It's challenging to get that, imp, that organization implemented and out to the people. But what these six people have done over the last month or so has been nothing short of remarkable. And I want to introduce these six people to you. First of all, I want to introduce Jody Mitchell from Spartan Pharmacy. Now listen, Spartan Pharmacy is the sponsoring clinic for these COVID-19 clinics. Jody Mitchell is um, the coordinator for Spartan. She handles all the vaccines and equipment to capture each vaccine. She brings all the equipment. She sets up, tears down, does all the work. She coordinates the volunteers and she does just inspirational things. And Jody, thank you for being with us tonight. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we're going to come back to you in a minute. But also I want you just to introduce Lawrence Christian, who is the township manager for Bethel Park. Now, we know that Lawrence is a lieutenant, a former lieutenant colonel in the Army. And uh, he has come to Bethel Park um, uh, from oh, a myriad of states, but I think latest Florida. Um, and uh, Lawrence, it's great to have you with us tonight. Thank you. So such an honor to be here. Thank you. Absolutely, Lawrence. And then we have Carolyn Walton. And Carolyn Walton is a healthcare nurse from Gallagher. And she is, is, was joined with seven or eight of her colleagues 
um, that was part of giving these vaccines to the many, many individuals, 2,300 folks and counting who have come to these clinics. Carolyn, it's great to have you. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate the invite. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And then Sid Litzenberger. Sid is here. She is a super volunteer from Bethel Park. And uh, Sid, we're so excited to have you. We know that um, this has been a passion of yours and we're just excited to, to have you and hear from you here uh, shortly. Thank you. Thanks for having You're me. You're welcome. Absolutely, Sid. And then Marla Kaplan, and she is a social worker and ethicist and um, you know she directs a palliative program and she has volunteered as well. And, and uh, Marla, thank you for being with us. Absolutely, it's a privilege, thank you. Absolutely, so this is what I call, then the last one, part of that Fab Six is Tim Campbell. Tim Campbell is one of our co-hosts, right? And he has um, been one that, the one that has been keeping us up to date on what's been going on and uh, why we are, we're so knowledgeable now of what this group is doing um, to provide these COVID-19 uh, clinics and let me tell you a little bit of what they've been doing. It's climbing every single week. They have, they have recruited about 130 volunteers uh, per clinic. Each shift for these volunteers is about five to six hours. They provide, um, you know, giving the shots and doing the nursing work. They do clin uh, clerical work. They do support staff. So many, many things. Whatever needs to be done, all hands are on deck with these individuals. And this started out in Brentwood at a smaller facility. Then it was moved to Bethel Park into a larger facility, moved into the community center there. And we're gonna talk about that in a moment. But this has been a mon monumental experience and um, an opportunity for so many people. And I'm excited we have all of the players here together this evening. Jody, talk to me how all this came together. Well, it's, it, there's a lot of moving parts. You introduced me as the person that does it all for Spartan, but I do have a group of people with me. Uh, one of the owners, Adam, um, other pharmacists, Natalie. We have great interns, Annie, that help with this. Um, and we had already previously had a professional relationship with Dr. Campbell. So um, that was easy to get him involved in something like this. Um, but basically, I mean, we just, we did our first uh, clinic at Brentwood because that's where we all originate from. Um, everything went well. And as soon as we started getting more vaccine, we thought, you know, we could make this bigger and bigger. We're trying to get mass immunizations done. So the best way to do it is to have giant clinics, not doing 10 in the store every day. We're not gonna get very far doing that. So. Um, Adam and Tim talked and they got Bethel involved and the community center and all, it just snowballed from there. That's fantastic. So once you got Bethel involved, did this start to really pick up quickly and start to grow at, at rapid speed? It really did. We did our first clinic there. Um, we weren't really sure what to expect because we never did one that big. But every time we do one there, we figure out ways where we can get more people through, make it easier. You know, we still need to limit with social distancing and all that stuff. Sure, sure. Um, trying to worry about parking and accessibility. And there's just a lot of moving parts. Yeah. So every time we do one, we figure out how we can get more people through the next time. So every time we do one, we get a little 
little, little more, a little, little better, a little better, right? A little yeah. better. So, so Tim, talk to us when you first communicated with Adam and Jody uh, from Spartan. I know, I know your excitement. I know your passion for helping others and 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 helping others become better and become healthy. Talk to us about your excitement and how and uh, to be involved in this. Chris, over the couple podcasts over the last year, I've shared like some of the deployments I've had like with DMAT with, um, you know, doing COVID responses and all those responses were like just kind of mitigating, kind of trying to control the, the chaos to some degree. Yeah. And with deployments, we never had a means of really going ahead and, and treating the illness. I could treat, we had remdesivir, we had dexamethasone, some of the steroids, you know, which would kind of treat the symptoms when they're really bad, but we never had anything to prevent it. So with Jody's first clinic and Spartan's clinic, first clinic over at Brentwood, I thought, oh, this is great. This is what's going to bring the end of the pandemic. This is what's going to end it. If we get enough people. It, it's all going it, to start in Pittsburgh. <laughs> no doubt. It's going to be the genesis of it all. Spot right? on. But whoever, you know, as soon as you get enough people who, have, who are vaccinated, if you have enough people with the underlying illness who have been exposed to it and survive it, then you're actually making a big tangible difference. You're really reducing it. You get enough people involved, then we get the herd immunity, and then we stop the spread. The pandemic is over. Yeah. But what's most telling is, and folks don't talk about it as well much as the mortality of this illness. And all takers right now, 1.7% of folks in, 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 who get COVID will die from it. And that doesn't sound too bad if you're thinking, okay, well, that means 98.3% aren't going to die. But if you look at the cohort that's being inoculated now, the 1A folks, the frail elderly, those folks who are immunocompromised or have a lot of underlying health issues, their mortality could be as high as 4 to 8%. So I thought, well, wow, if we could get, and I saw, I volunteered over in Brentwood, I saw what was involved, what took place, thought, we just need a bigger footprint. So yeah. let's talk with Adam. Let's talk with Lawrence Christian over at Bethel Park, you know, and let's see if we can get ahead and avail of a bigger footprint and go big and bold to get ahead and really increase the, the output of the vaccines. So I think, um, uh, Jody, you can confirm with this, but I think that you were doing like 500 to 600 people over at uh, Brentwood. And the first eye, we, we hit two, two grand over the first clinic at Bethel Park. Yeah, Just it was almost, of, two, almost 2,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2,000 sounds better, Tim. Go with that, right? 1,000 people, right? Yeah, so, I round up, except for with weight. Yeah, absolutely. So, so talk to me, Lawrence, when they reached out to you and ran this by you about using a bigger footprint uh, to have this COVID-19 uh, clinic, what were your thoughts? What was going through your mind? Uh, immediately was excited. I mean, that was because this is how you bring change. Just like Dr. Campbell said just a minute ago, the only way we can get past this is to, to reach out there and do something about it. So when this kind of was, I, I say it very, very clearly, this fell into our laps and we just jumped for joy and we ran with it. Um, so you I mean, basically Phil, we as a facilitator uh, just kind of sit back and figure out what you need. So our, you, know, you bring in the public works, you bring in the police department, you bring in the community center, the recreation staff, bring everything you can to bear on the, on this, what do you need? And so then we started setting up, you know, we got, we got volunteers wherever we could, you bring the police to make sure it's orderly and, and timely. Um, and then you take that one and you let the people at Spartan run it. And then we just yeah. get the heck out of the way. Um, Cause it's really their show. Absolutely. You say volunteers. Now we're talking 500 volunteers. I believe you got to run, to run the, uh, the clinics there in Bethel park. Correct. Uh, I mean, we had we had a couple hundred, um, but Jody and, and Spartan had the predominance of it. They had, you know, the, the inoculators. They had the, the medical personnel. Um, a lot of our our, our 
our volunteers were coming in and we were shuttling them over to, to Spartan and the remaining ones, we keep that in the main areas really just for crowd control and to facilitate information flow. Yeah, but there's so much to this, right? There is so much, I mean, I mean, Spartan is the one who is like the driver of this, right? And then everyone's here to support and, and, and uh, uh, what Spartan is doing. And, and, and so talk to me about all the, the things that go on. I mean, this can't, doesn't just bring the, the vaccine, right? And then people show up and you give shots. But talk to me about how this all comes together. Um, there's a lot of processes involved. Um, like you said, we could start from the beginning. We don't know when we're getting vaccine. They okay. send it to us randomly they send us different amounts like there's nothing set so as soon as we get vaccine we automatically start okay when would be a good day because we're still staffing our stores also so we have to worry about that yeah. um you know so most of these clinics are put together in like two or three days tops um but we have i mean you have we have to have some organization obviously to it so we need to um we have appointments you need to make. We need to keep track of those. So we have people making sure people coming have appointments. Then we have all tables of people just making sure that they qualify, making sure they're able to get the vaccine. We have the vaccinators. We have, you know, we have to get the insurance cards copied. We have to get, make sure all the information's there. They have to get their COVID card. They have to drop their paperwork off. And then we have 24 hours to log every single vaccine into the state registry. Um, so we have people at the clinics actively doing that as the clinic's going on. Um, and then we are just there to manage, you know, answer the questions, deal with the problems. There's a lot, lot of very specific things that need to go on to make it successful. Wow, wow. And Carolyn, you, you brought a group of seven to eight volunteers um, uh, of your colleagues from Gallagher, what, what was their experience like and what, what were you all doing? Well, when I found out the opportunity from Dr. Campbell and approached Spartan uh, with, you know, geez, do you guys need any more volunteers? And they were very welcoming of our availability. I, I put it out to my colleagues and immediately had a large response on people wanting to volunteer because you know when we're in healthcare we want to put an end to this pandemic as soon as we sure. can and, and if everybody can do their part to help get that done uh, it was amazing how we just all came together and went to the Bethel Park Community Center uh, Center with Spartan and volunteered our time and it was amazing how quickly the hours went by because everybody was in a great mood. Uh, the mm -hmm. residents that were coming in for their vaccinations uh, couldn't have been happier, more appreciative, thankful, uh, very emotional. Uh, it was such a rewarding experience that, you know, I've continued to volunteer with them at each of their clinics here in Bethel Park and can't really articulate what it feels like to give back to the community in this type of uh, venture with them. So we're very privileged to be able to do this with them. Absolutely, Carolyn. I love how you brought that up because a lot of times we go into these volunteering opportunities, right? And for you, for you all, you were going in to do a service for those who were high risk to this, uh, to, to this virus, the COVID-19. 
And in that process, something happened to you. That satisfaction, that joy, that happiness that comes from serving others was filled within your heart. And that's the wonderful well, thing about you, serving. Yeah, everybody is uh, wanting this pandemic to go away. But when you can do something to actually help it go away, it puts a different swing on things. It puts you in a different mindset. And it really makes you very hopeful to help others. And it promotes you to, to keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you think about it, think about this for a second, right? Each clinic with 2,100 vaccinations, right? And if you're saving, if the mortality rate's about 1.7%, when you do a clinic, you're saving 42 lives. That, that's, that's unbelievable. Each clinic saving 42 lives. And um, that's, and not that's only, the cool not only that, Not only with their actual lives, but, you know, not only the COVID sickness, but it's also their mental health wellness and the fear and the anxiety yeah. and the depression yeah. and the isolation. There's so much that goes along with the virus. It's not just a single virus. It's no, everything I, uh, that encompasses it. It's, it's everything that comes with it. You're exactly right. And you've seen things on social media over the last few days as the CDC has allowed those who have been vaccinated to be with their children again, right? There's a lot of individuals who are at high risk to this, um, to this pandemic and, and to the effects of the virus because um, they're over 65 years old, right? Or they have a comorbidity. And now being vaccinated, they can now again be with these with these family members. And I've see, I've been able to witness some of these uh, reunions on on social media, and it's been amazing. And you think about you're providing those opportunities for all of these individuals that are coming and getting these these uh, these shots and getting these vaccines. So it's it's a, it's just a wonderful thing all around. Carolyn, um, thank you so much. And Sid, talk to us about how you got involved. I mean, you're here, you're the super volunteer, right? You're, you're involved in this with these wonderful professionals. Talk to us about how you got involved and what you were doing. I couldn't, I could not get involved. I had to get involved. Uh, if you have a chance to impact your community like these clinics have, if you have a chance to give people hope uh, during a time when they're not feeling very hopeful, you, you have to clear your schedule and get involved. Yeah. You have yeah. to, you have to. Sydney, I think we've lost you. So um, what will, Marla, talk, talk to us, Marla, have you ever been a part of anything like this before? I mean, you're a social worker, you're an ethicist. I mean, you've, you've been a part of some wonderful <laughs> efforts. Have you ever um, been a part of, of something this special before? You know, I've, I've done some volunteer work. Um, but, you know, they come on such a different level. Yeah. You know, you're talking about life and death here, not just volunteering time and participating in a committee or helping make something work. You know, from the ethics standpoint, I look at beneficence and what's the greater good. You know, so it's not about me. It's about what is for the greater good and how can we best help our loved ones, our neighbors, our friends, our family, our patients, you know, it's because it, it's not what what I can do. It's not about how it's going to affect me, but it's what am I going to bring to my patients? What am I going to bring to my own family? And how can I help impact this community that's devastated right now? 
truly yeah. devastated. I mean, the entire world, it's not even just our country, it's the world. It's huge. Marla, I, 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 I'm believing it is huge. And I, I was thinking about that today, actually. I was, I was talking with someone about, you know, a lot of times we think about what can I get out of this? What's, what's in it for me, right? That's, that seems like that's a natural tendency of, of men and women, right? What can I get out of it? And what I love is the selfless ability to look at, out, out, outside of yourself and say, what can I do to help someone else? What can I do for them? And you all have wonderful talents and, and skills and abilities, some natural, some that you've acquired over life of, of, of service and of, of um, in your, you know, your specific fields, but you have given of yourself to help others and save lives. And it's, it's, um, it's inspiring. Do we, do we have um, Sid back? Sid, is your, is your um, mm-hmm. audio back? There you go. So go. Please finish what you were saying, Sid. I want, I want, you were just saying some things. have stood in the middle of that community center and felt all that hope, you would see, uh, you know, older people coming in on their own, saying how they had been in their homes for months and months and months, and joyfully sitting down and being vaccinated. It, you, you could feel it. You could feel the energy in that room. Oh yeah, it was incredible. Absolutely. We think over the last year, it's been it's been difficult. It's been Absolutely. it's been dark, right? And there's been a lot of um, despair, right? What's going to happen? Is it, am I the next one? Am I the next statistic? Fear. Am I the, am I going to be the one that's going to fall victim to this uh, this uh, virus? And now they're sitting in this room in, at the Bethel Park Community Center, right? And all this hope, all I mean, all. All of it. It's, it's really just a, a big breath of fresh air and just yeah. kind of saying, oh, I'm going to take this vaccine and I'm not going to be the next statistic, right? right. I'm going to be able to see my kids and my grandkids again um, because of this vaccine. And you are all facilitating uh, that opportunity for these individuals. Lisa, what? Lisa, you're sitting here listening to all of this. What? Give us some of your um, your wisdom. Ask some questions that you think that um, would be inspiring. Well, first of all, um, I'm sitting here and we can't talk about like the seeing the parents and grandparents and things because I haven't been able to see my parents. And so I'm sitting here getting teary. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we're pro- we probably shouldn't go there right now if you want to be able to hear what I'm saying. So I love, I've written down a couple things that you guys have said. And Sydney, I love you describing what it felt like, the energy to be in that room. Like, that would be amazing. That's something that I would love to be able to be in the middle of that room, to feel that energy, to feel that hope. Like, sign me up. Like, I would love, love to feel that. Um, Lawrence, I love that you said to reach out and do something to bring about change. If you want to see that change, if you want to see what's going on in your community, be be that person, you know, get up and do something, look for that. I think that's so, so wise and something that um, our listeners um, need to realize that they, that they can have an impact. Um, Carolyn, we can each inspire change, right? Lisa, it's it's up to us to each take that step, right? We can't always look and say, okay, oh, Ken's going to do that, right? Or or, or Tim's got that, right? Tim's got that. He can, he can do change. No, it's it's, it's within each one of us to do something to create change. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. 
And Carolyn, you talked about um, hope as well. And you talked about how it changes your mindset. And I can't imagine um, seeing the hope that that gives to the people that come in that are desperately, you know, been so tired and so worn down. The hope that that gives them, like, I just think that that's, that's also amazing. And it's got to feel good from a volunteer standpoint as well to see that in others, because I think that that helps helps lift your spirits as well to see that good um, that's going on. And then Marla, you also talked about, you said, it's not me, it's for the greater good. And I think there's something really special that comes along like with you, yeah. you fab six that we have on tonight. There's something that really special that comes along when you're all united working towards the same purpose, like the same goal. Right, right, Chris Hoke, that teamwork, that working together for a goal. Absolutely. There's something pretty cool that There's comes There's no question. And, and everybody, look at this. I mean, Lisa, you, we're talking about everybody coming together for one common goal, right? I mean, when you talk about a football team, and we start in April and we work all our way until we get to the season in September, right? You're talking these, these amazing volunteers and these amazing professionals have two or three days to get together and be able to pull off something uh, to, to this degree is a miracle. Right. It really is. It's a miracle. What is taking place right now? And, and in, in Bethel Park, in, um, in Brentwood as well, um, if five of these clinics in Brentwood, three in Bethel Park still going on, going to have more, um, is nothing short of miraculous. When you have people coming from all over Western Pennsylvania, different walks of life, different um, experiences and everybody's coming together for one common good. And that is for the good of others and helping them um, preserve life by taking this vaccine. Tim, talk to us. Um, listen, you mentioned earlier, you've been involved with a lot of wonderful, wonderful experiences as you've gone out all over the, the, the country and the world, um, helping individuals um, that are part of natural disasters um, and um, just so many different things that come with that. How has this experience matched those experiences? I think every single one of the, the folks we've heard tonight uh, talk, Chris, all mentioned about the good feelings they had with it. The good, the felt yeah. that they were making a, a big difference. They were, they were really affecting folks' lives. And um, I heard somebody mention earlier on infectious. And as soon as I heard that, my ears pricked up a little bit, you know, because I'm thinking, okay, in a pandemic, the only thing I wanted to be infectious is an attitude towards service and volunteerism. And that's yeah. really what the podcast is all about. And it, it came to my mind, I'm listening to Lisa's notes and thinking, wow, that's really profound. But I, I also thought, if not me, you know, who, if not now, really, really when? Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think all, you know, all five of these, um, you know, these these champions, uh, these volunteers, these these folks who have really touched so many people's lives are are really just that. They are they are true champions, service champions, and I, I my hats off to each one of them and 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 the respective spheres and stewardships that they had. Absolutely, I, I I couldn't say it better, Tim and Lawrence. What has this been like for the the community in Bethel Park? I mean, when when people start to hear about it, you can't tell me that just the people that come and get those the vaccinations um, and get the vaccine are the only ones that know about this. I mean, this had to have been spread quickly throughout the community. What is this done to Bethel Park? Uh, in the greater sense, and, and also both both locally and South Hills, there's hope. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, I remember one couple, I mean, she was, I think, early 80s, and he was right around the same age. And they were almost hysterically crying. 
I mean, they got their shots. Yeah. They can actually, and, and it affected me because the, the husband said he had been in his house for 10 months. Like, can you imagine just being in your house and really not leaving for 10 months? Um, and so those are the types of impacts. You can actually see the change. You can actually feel it. Um, and then you, you start interacting with regular, the residents in around Bethel Park, your peers, the community, um, the, the, the workers of Bethel Park. They all want to be on the shift now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, it's not because they're getting paid or anything, or it's just really because they want to be, they want a little taste of that. They want a piece of it. They want to be part of that one. So it is infectious, just like Dr. Campbell said, because you want to be, it's like, you know, you want to be part of that goodness. That's, that's just, it's pervasive and it's just going out across time and space. And it's just amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I think of these, all of you are just so selfless, given of your time and other volunteers, right? You're the ones that are get to represent the other, the hundreds of volunteers that have, that have been a part of this. Um, and I think of with all of the troubles and all of the, the, the chaos that's going on in the world today, if we had more people like you that would look outside themselves and look to um, help and lift another, I, I just think, I just think what good that could permeate throughout the country, throughout the world, right? Because what's happening in this little pocket of the South Hills of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania um, is, is what we need in the world today. And um, it's the goodness you're talking about. It's the hope that um, Sid was talking about. It's, mm -hmm. it's what can I do for others that Marla was talking about. Those are the attitudes. That's the mindset that we're gonna need in this country to move forward and be united. Um, and, and with one heart, one mind. So it, it's, it's, it's remarkable to, to hear these things. And um, so what's next? What, what do we have upcoming? What can we tell our listeners about what's ahead? Um, what do you have scheduled moving forward? Um, I mean, we're going to be giving vaccines, I foresee, for a long time, probably mm -hmm. in the same fashion, you know as many yeah. clinics as we can get as soon as they give us the vaccines we get them out but i think i mean we're still in 1a this is going to be going on for long term it's going to yeah. be a long yeah. time yeah jody so i mean is this something that spartan could recreate in other communities like i live in the north hills right you guys are in the south hills which right. you know in, in pittsburgh you would say that's i mean where i come from california it's only a 25 minute drive but pittsburgh it's too far because it's across the river right it is across the river we don't <laughs> go the there river. that's right <laughs> so you're we're in different countries right now because that's we're right. on the other sides of the river but what i'm saying is why can't we why can't this be recreated in the north hills why can't this be recreated in churchill who said they grew up who said here they grew up that in was Church, me. Churchill? Marla. marla grew up in churchill why couldn't this be out in that out that way or why couldn't this be out in um you know up 28 you know out out towards uh that area i mean couldn't these things be recreated in other communities uh, absolutely they okay. could um we keep them in the south hills for now just because we have a good system going and they're close yeah. to the stores um i mean there's if there's other people that can get vaccine and are willing to do it we could help them okay. you know get started but i think that's a big a big problem is getting the vaccine. Yeah. Yes, Tim. Chris, this is also a model that's been looked at very, very you know, well. I and mean, people saying, wow, a private-public partnership. And it seems to be incredibly effective and incredibly efficient. So a lot of folks have taken notice of that, including a lot of yeah. state and um, you know, regional 
um, uh, elected officials in their capacity, and they're saying, hey, this is something that makes a lot of sense. Why don't we go ahead and build with this? So you're going to be seeing a lot more of this as time goes on. Good, good. You know, a lot of the private-public partnerships. You know, Tim, I'm glad you pointed that out because what we've seen since the beginning of the pandemic, the reason why, you know, so many things were, were, were created to help those in the beginning when we didn't have a vaccine, who were being impacted and affected by, by COVID, um, were those, were those things that were produced were between the public and the private um, relationship, right? We're seeing the vaccine that was created quickly with a public-private relationship and partnership, right? And we're seeing here now in the distribution of this life-saving vaccine, a private-public relationship. I think that's something that we remember, the power that comes from the public and private minds being combined, um, that can change lives and change and change conditions so drastically. Lisa, you... Um, no, I just wanted to know, do you have to have a medical background to be a volunteer? I mean, I've seen... Absolutely not. <laughs> we need all kinds of volunteers. Yeah, so you do not need a medical background. I mean, for certain things, yes, we need certain um, licenses and things like that. But I would say probably a third to less of our volunteers have medical backgrounds. Perfect. So my college anatomy and physiology classes won't allow me to give you a shot, but I can still volunteer. Okay. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> and, and, to, and to follow up on Lisa's question, Though our listeners that are listening right now, they can go onto the justserve.org um, website or onto the app, Just Serve app, and they can find this service opportunity through that, through that website, through that app. And they can, they can connect with you, um, Jody, and, and your group so that they can be a part of this. I can comment to that, Chris. Yeah, I, I actually there is a, there is a, a, link, a link on the Just Serve site. It says, you know, if you'd like to participate in the COVID um, clinics, link on here. It links over to the Spartan Pharmacy. Wonderful, wonderful. So, to all our listeners, if you want to have that feeling of of joy and the feeling of hope, and, and the feeling that comes from just um, man, I, I can't imagine, Lawrence, when you said that somebody said to you, I've been in my home for 10 months and now I can actually go out in public. I mean, I just want to get everybody these vaccines because I can't imagine sitting in my house for 10 months. For I'd be pulling that, man, I don't outing. have much hair, but it'd be gone. What's that? It was their first outing for some yes. of them. It was their Unbelievable. couples that was their first time out of their house. Unbelievable, unbelievable. This, this is remarkable. Um, well, listen, I, Jody, I want to ask you this question in closing. I always like to ask this question in recent times. You know, our, the name of our podcast is the um, Western Pennsylvania Game Changers podcast. And what I want to ask you is this. Share with us why what you're doing is a game changer, in your opinion. Um, well, there's a couple things. I mean, I think if you look at it from, like, like we were talking about the public-private thing, I think the private sector is getting a lot of notice. Like usually the small pharmacies like us are kind of being pushed out. And I think this is helping everyone make aware that we're there and we're small, but we're mighty. We can yeah. do a lot of good things for the community. Um, and just like everybody said, I mean, this is, this is a game changer for people's lives. 
This is getting people out of the house, getting families back together. Um, we talked about the hope. I mean, I couldn't even tell you how many people have been brought to tears because they got their vaccine. Even the people giving the vaccine have been brought to tears. Um, I had one of the nurses who has been teaching nursing for, I don't even know how many years, said this was the most meaning thing, meaningful thing she's ever done in her career. Wow, wow. One, one thing I gotta say uh, that I don't think is probably heard these days is um, really kind of some, some thoughts and prayers for the pharmacy staff, the Spartan staff. I mean, I, it, it's probably the, the, the worst part of the, this pandemic is the fear and the anger um, and that's kind of what comes out against some of the staff because so many residents just want, they're scared and they want a vaccine. And so they end up playing and taking it out on the, the staff and they, it weighs heavily on them. You can see it in their face. I mean, Jody, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, it's, it's hard to deal that with day in, day out. And, you know, I often think about them and, and I think they just need to be lifted up. Yeah, it's not easy. And they, they've gotten beaten up quite a bit and the past couple months over this and they've they've pulled through they've been troopers it's easing up a little bit um since people are getting vaccinated and they're seeing that it there is possibility you know it's coming it's not a lost cause but yeah there's been there's been some times <laughs> it's been rough <laughs> and i do appreciate it lawrence well we, we see what we see sometimes it just doesn't get get talked about, but I think it, it, it bears discussion and it bears being brought up because it's, it's through no fault of their own, they're doing what they can't, but the residents, they're just scared. There's so much fear. They don't realize that we're not going anywhere. We're staying right here. We're going to partner. We're going to keep these going until it's done, until we, till we get to this thing and beat it. Um, so that's, that's the part that we just need to reiterate. We're not going anywhere. We're partnering for a long haul. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Wonderful. I, I just want to thank all of you from the bottom of my heart. Jody, Lawrence, Carolyn, Sid, Marla, our good brother, Tim Campbell. We are grateful for all six of you and all the volunteers that you are representing on this podcast tonight, hundreds of volunteers. And to all of our listeners, we want to encourage you to go to justserve.org or to your JustServe app and look for a way to participate in these wonderful and amazing experiences. And we want to thank you for joining us this evening. Listen, as you've just heard, these six individuals and all of those that they represent are doing not just great work, life-changing, game-changing work. And they could really use your help. To learn more about how you can help them, again, I want to, I want to make sure that I say this again. Please go to www.justserve.org. That's www.justserve.org. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, which I don't know how you couldn't enjoy this podcast. I mean, with, with the Fab Six here and with Lisa, you know, with all her great wisdom that she shared tonight, I don't know how you couldn't enjoy it. But please be sure to go to our Facebook page. And, and, and like and share our page. Please be sure to go to the podcast page and rate us on your podcast provider of choice and make sure, again, just to be a part of the amazing things that are going on in Western Pennsylvania. And until next time, roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. Mm -hmm.